As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Relief line of soft gels. Plus CBD Relief is the ideal way to help promote a healthy inflammatory response. Plus CBD Relief is doctor-formulated with recovery-supporting ingredients, including CBD, CBDA, and Levagen plus PEA. Relief soft gels help address minor everyday soreness, support joint function, and encourage recovery following strenuous activity. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. And with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's Relief Soft Gels. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. It's part two of our weekly Q&A with Layla. Please note that we have a new address for questions. It's questions at drhoffman.net. That makes sense. Questions at drhoffman.net. Make sure you type in .net, not .com, because that's where we will now receive our email. So um, I have a couple of questions that I'll share with you. Um, Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, I just finished listening to your latest Q&A, my favorite podcast. Yay. Yay! <laughs> and with all the options out there, we appreciate that you find this your favorite podcast. And heard your brief discussion of fertilizers at the end of hour one. We're talking about regenerative agriculture and fertilizers. And this person said, I thought I'd share another natural option for fertilizing tomato plants that has even been shown to increase the flavor and nutritional value of the tomatoes. Ocean water or presumably sea salt mixed with water if you don't live close to the ocean, or a product called Ocean Solution that's made from ocean water. The late, great wow. Ralph Snodsmith, who I shared the airwaves with uh, you know, for many years in the 80s and 90s, and I think in the early 2000s, um, mentioned Ocean Solution back when he was on WOR Radio with you, Dr. Hoffman. Uh, the links below have info on the benefits of the saltwater treatment. Long-time listener and happy tomato grower, Gene. Okay. Um, so that's interesting because... That's terrific, the ocean water. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't saturate uh, your plants with salt because otherwise, no. you know, the Great Salt Lake would be a, a terrific place to have a tomato farm. You know, high, right. high salt levels kill plants. Yeah. And I think plants vary in their ability to tolerate salt uh but apparently tomatoes like a little bit of salt so uh Mm. i pulled up an article from 2008 science daily irrigation with diluted seawater improves the nutritional value of cherry tomatoes uh what they found is that uh, uh, 12 uh, they grew cherry tomatoes in both fresh water and a dilute solution of 12 percent seawater that's pretty high percentage they found that ripe tomatoes grown in the salty water showed higher levels of vitamin C, E, uh, lipoic acid, and chlorogenic acid. All of these substances are antioxidants that appear to fight heart disease, cancer, aging, and other conditions. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, 
You know, it's interesting because, you know, indigenous people would often plant a fish mm -hmm. or even plant, I think planting seaweed is, is popular. Yeah, I used to well. do that. You know, I used to do from that. the ocean. I, I, I lived uh, near the water and uh, in the days when I had a vegetable garden, I'm too busy now, unfortunately, in too many different places to maintain a vegetable garden, unfortunately. Hopefully I'll, you know, settle down in one place eventually. But um, mm. I used to, you know, get a wheelbarrow, go down to the beach and fill it up with uh, with seaweed and then cart it over to my vegetable garden and spread the seaweed on the vegetable garden. And it's, a, it's kind of a nice mulch. And it does have uh, salt and other nutrients. And my plants really liked it. So maybe wow. I was unconsciously channeling that, that method. Um, I would say, you know, consult with, uh, you know, a manual to see which plants uh, tolerate that because it probably varies. And mm -hmm. another thing I would say is this is an example of uh, – hormesis or an example of uh, what are called phytoalexins, which are things that plants produce more of under slightly stressed conditions, you know, like yes. high and, and low temperature. Yes, and seawater is, is creating that slightly stressful condition so that the plant itself will produce right. more antioxidants, more phytonutrients. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's like a defense mechanism. And, and everybody knows yeah. that the, the people who are uh, wine growers know that under – conditions of stress, you know, like a cold snap or a bit of a drought, uh, mm -hmm. short duration, of course, uh, that it enhances the uh, resveratrol content and the flavor of grapes. Uh, mm. So, you know, maybe there's something to this. Yeah, very interesting. And thank you for the advice uh, to that person. That's terrific. Good question. All right. Good point in which to pause because let's uh, allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share a vital message with you. Here goes. Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals combines the four most powerful of these plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black peppercorn, and black cumin seed. It's an all-natural daily preventative against a host of possibly inflammatory issues. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, circulation, and immunity. It's a delicious tasting supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's my future. P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. And while supplies last, buy two bottles of Black for Health and get two bottles of Wild Oil of Oregano free. That's a $55 value just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They are what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to our questions. And I have another one. Um, okay. Which I pulled. I, I rescued a couple of questions from our crashed uh, previous email address. So I'm going to read a couple of them. Um, okay. This one's from Robert. I am an 86-year-old man, 5 foot 10 inches tall, and weigh 125 pounds. What say you, Layla? Oh, my. He's skinny. Yeah. 5'10 and 125 pounds, that is quite underweight. Yeah, because I'm 5'10 and I weigh like 162 pounds. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I'm a, a pretty, pretty good weight. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'll continue. My breakfast consists of one vegetable, salmon, nuts, and then oatmeal, a banana, and dried apricots with flax milk. Wow. This guy's not under That's eating. a hearty breakfast. That's a hearty. That's a very healthy, hearty <laughs> breakfast. I know this is a lot of carbs, but I'm extremely active and wonder if this gives me license to eat this way. Thank you very much. I really enjoy listening to you both. So this is the good news is this guy's 86. He's extremely active and he's got like a humongous appetite, but he's underweight. So yes. what would you do with this client? I mean, how do you? address this kind of well, situation well first of all I, i'd want to make sure that that he's not at such a low weight for other reasons we would want to rule out other things to rule out anything to do with any kind of ill health but it could be that and generally what we see in the elderly population is something called sarcopenia mm-hmm. and that's the diminishing of muscle as we get older. I wonder what type of activity he's doing. If he's doing mostly cardio and maybe not enough strength training, if he does some more strength training, he might find that uh, he would develop more muscle, yep. which would in turn add on some good healthy weight onto mm-hmm. his frame. I, I have found that, uh, Layla, because at various points in my athletic career, I've alternated between you know really heavy aerobics, you know, lots of running and lots of cycling, uh, and swimming uh, to uh, more weight training. And what I find mm. is that when I weight train, and I eat the same, you know, the diet doesn't change. Yeah. Uh, my weight goes up. And recently I did mm. a little more uh, strength training and weight training because, you know, the weather was kind of cold. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't that great to go out and cycle. Um, so I did, I started, you know, hitting the weights and, you know, so my weight went up five pounds, five pounds. And it wasn't about diet. It was really about no. uh, probably putting you on a little more muscle. Must, muscle density, muscle weighs more. You've mm-hmm. added on more muscle, which yeah. is terrific for body composition. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it because my uh, exercise sure. performance hasn't declined. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. And I think also when the summer comes and I just spend a lot of time on the bike, uh, they actually say, you know, when you're buying bike clothes, they're say, they say mm-hmm. allow uh, for five or eight pounds of weight loss during the, the cycling season <laughs> because, wow. uh, you know, if, if you think, uh, you know, something's uh, too tight, if you buy it in, in January, you know, it may fit in, in August. So, right. Yeah. Good advice. Right. And of course, we want it when we want we wear that bike stuff, we want it to be like very aerodynamic. We don't want, don't want it to be flapping in the wind. You know, we want it to be like very um, uh, like spandexy. Yeah. Yeah. Like an aero suit. So, yeah. Oh, coming back to is his name Robert, the 86 yeah. year yeah. old man? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would also want to know. What kind of portions he's having? Maybe his portions are quite small, mm-hmm. and he's indeed not taking in enough calories to support his physical activity. Right. I mean, there are a lot of things to look at here. Yes, with regard to um, and, his weight, you know. And I think another factor, and this is something that we've discovered recently, is that protein requirements actually increase as you age. Um, yes. So, in fact, they are double the RDA the older we get than in our younger years. Then 
in our 20s and 30s, we actually need double the RDA of protein. Mm -hmm. I mean, the RDA for protein is 0.8 grams per kilogram of weight. A kilogram is 2.2 pounds mm -hmm. for all of you who want to do the math. But it should be, as we get older, 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram. So how does that translate so, to, um, say, an, like a 150-pound person? How many grams of protein if they're a senior? What would what would you say? Then? Well, if they're a senior, if we're doing about uh, definitely, I would say, say definitely about 60 grams of protein minimum. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm to start right. and it will vary it will vary on what you're eating the types of foods that they're choosing mm -hmm. as well and here's another thing that happens when you age there's a, a decline in your digestive ability and especially mm. in women but to, to some extent in men uh you produce less hydrochloric acid which is essential for digesting protein and so yeah. there may be some degree of malabsorption and less bioavailability of the food that you eat so, right. um, you know, and I mean, obviously, 86 year old guy, we got to look at hormones. So, you know, sure. let's look at testosterone. Let's look at DHEA. Uh, it's very likely that the androgens are declining in a man of that age. And, you know, if he doesn't have prostate problems or, you know, high cancer risk, he might be a candidate for some replacement so that he can put on some um, healthy muscle and lean body mass. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Robert, thank you for that very thoughtful question. Get, can okay. I share another with you here? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Uh, this one I'm is... I'm so glad you were able to rescue those questions. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully, we got all of them. This one is from Louise, and it's an, it's an she's sharing a comment. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. You asked people a while ago to vote on if they like daylight savings time and if they thought it should stay permanently. I am giving my vote. I like daylight savings time, and I think it should stay, and enough of this fall back, spring ahead nonsense. I like waking up to sunshine as I did this morning. Thank you for answering my COVID antibody question. She had a question previously. So what say you, Layla? Waking up in the light? Hang on. I know that when we spring forward, like in March, we go back to waking up in the dark again. Yeah, I had trouble with that. For a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, if so, we, that's the drawback in, yeah. in in my opinion of daylight savings time, especially in the beginning. Yes, it stays light later. Uh, it's only yes. now as we approach the uh, the uh, solstice, the the summer solstice, yes. which is what June twenty first, uh, that we June get the 21st. full benefits of a, of a you know late uh, sunset and an early sunrise. But if we establish daylight savings time and it's year round, like in December, it's going to be pitch dark when we try to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning. And for kids yes. going to school, it's really a potential problem uh, because, you know, they're standing out in a street corner and uh, or they're walking to school. And it's or, dark. Or, you know, they can't ride their bike. And it's their, dark for several bike. hours. Imagine it's dark for several hours. Yeah. So, That's a lot. So, I mean, you know, I think there's sort of a misconstrual, uh, mm -hmm. you know, with all due respect, Louise, that it's it's not about morning sunshine. The morning sunshine that you're getting is a result of the natural uh, cycle of the seasons and not yes. as a result of daylight savings time. It, daylight, mm -hmm. the, in other words, the morning sunshine is finally catching up in May, but when it first kicked in in March, uh, 
it, it was kind of a problem. You know, it just people couldn't get up because yeah. it was dark. It was dark. Yeah. Again, <laughs> like it was in December. I mean, you look yeah. out the window and you you just say, "Oh, I'm going to roll over because it's it's still dark out." <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't have to get up yet. And lo and behold, it's seven a.m. and it's still dark. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there you go. All right. Uh, uh, you got a couple of questions still in the mailbag? I do. I do. I've got one here from Nicole. Greetings. My mother-in-law, who's 84, keeps getting an E. coli urinary tract infection. Her doctor just keeps giving her antibiotics to get rid of it. But then a month or two later, it comes back. What can we do to get rid of the urinary tract infection once and for all? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So what are We're some of the things that we recommend? Yeah, we are seeing it. And a part of it may be due to antibiotic-resistant bacteria. But it, Absolutely. Is, it is a feature of aging uh, that uh, older individuals get more UTIs, men because of their prostates, uh, women because of, uh, you know, it's actually uh, when you go through menopause, you become more susceptible to UTIs because the, the, uh, the mucous membranes become... Uh, less um, resistant to infection down mm-hmm. there. And uh, there's a close relation between, you know, obviously, the reproductive tract and the urinary tract in women. And so sometimes a little bit of topical estrogen uh, strengthens the tissue and increases resistance. Um, but what are some of the over-the-counter things we recommend? Well, before we even get to that, I do want to yeah. mention to Nicole about mother-in-law, another a prime reason, I think, uh, also, and it was mentioned uh, in, in the news that all the factory farmed animals, if you're eating any commercial meat, but especially commercial chicken, meaning non-organic chicken, they're fed a whole lot of antibiotics. And apparently we've, we now have this burgeoning, uh, 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 multi drug resistant bacteria yeah. that is presenting as a UTI yes. in many people. Yes. And this is what we're seeing over and over. So the first thing I would say to Nicole is tell your mother-in-law to start eating organic chicken if she's consuming chicken and all organic meat from here on in. Indeed. Because we're getting these multi-drug resistant bacteria from the food that we're eating, unfortunately. What about cranberry and D-mannose? That's part of our protocol. Oh, those are the prime, especially D-mannose which is very interesting. It's a type of sugar that keeps the bacteria from kind of hanging on to the walls of the, of the bladder, mm-hmm. which is very interesting and, in the way it works. And very helpful for some of our patients who are vulnerable to urinary tract infections. We have a lot, lot, lot of MS patients, and uh, yes. especially the women, and they used to get a lot of urinary tract infections. I have them taking D-mannose as a preventive, and many of them are – they've turned it around completely. Um, yes, so cranberry mm-hmm. juice, you know, ocean spray cranberry juice, probably not a great idea. No, that's cold sugar, sugar. Right. But, uh, or you, you want to get, uh, you either want to take a cranberry supplement or take the tart cranberry juice, which doesn't have any added sugar. It's quite sour. So you want to cut that with some water mm-hmm. yep. or maybe even seltzer mm-hmm. and, uh, take it that way. Yeah. Take it that so, way. So, but so, cranberry can be a big help. So, you know, and then I think diet plays a role. And I think, you know, putting a lot of sugar in your diet provides an ideal culture medium for bacteria. Diabetics yes. get a lot of urinary tract infections. So diet. Uh, okay. There, on the horizon, some innovations, because we have some patients who don't respond to these, these natural measures. 
there's an E. coli vaccine that is being developed. And, uh, Why? yeah, it, it, there's a bunch of articles about it. It should be available soon. Uh, I have a patient who uh, was resourceful enough to access the vaccine via an overseas route. I don't actually have all the information on that, but uh, she did a lot of research, found that the vaccine was available in the UK, managed to get the vaccine uh, shipped uh, to the US for her mother's use. Um, there's clinical trials underway. Uh, one of the vaccines is even sublingual. So that should reassure people that they're not injecting yet another thing into their bodies, you know, because we're getting enough vaccines these days. And, you know, especially with new vaccines, we're a little concerned about, you know, are there any potential downsides to yet another thing that we put in our bloodstream? Um, Mm -hmm. The uh, apparently there's enough immune receptors in the mouth and the GI tract that just taking it sublingually will create more of an immune uh, response against E. coli. So I think that's ultimately where things are headed. And, uh, you know, this is a nice, it, it may help us get around the overuse of antibiotics because, you know, use too many antibiotics, you become resist, you you just don't True. respond anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. yeah. So, Nicole, best of luck to your mother-in-law. Wow. We have time Let's for another see question. here. Yeah. I have, I've got another question here. From Kuniko, dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, thank you for helping us. I have essential thrombocytosis and the JAK2 mutation. How can I lower my platelet counts naturally? Any supplements or foods? I'm a 75-year-old woman, and my platelet counts gradually went up to about Mm -hmm. 738,000. This is called thrombocytosis. And I have to, to say that uh, this is the result of a, as she points out, a mutation. And mutations are a little bit less amenable to diet change or to supplements than, yeah. you know, other types of problems. So, uh, you know, there are drugs that target the JAK pathway, quite a few of them now. And they may be plausible uh, medications that will help to curb the number of platelets. Unfortunately, mm. uh, you know, if, if that patient said, you know, I want to, I don't want to take drugs. Uh, I want a nutritional fix to this problem. If they called the office, I'd say, you know, I'm not sure I want to take you on because I don't think that there's a fix for that particular problem. I think in integrative medicine, we kind of have to know when to hold and when to fold. And that's, yes. I think, one of the things that I'm thankful for in terms of my medical training is that I can uh, discern whether a problem is more uh, feasibly addressed by a medication or a surgery or some kind of conventional approach uh, as opposed to what might be kind of a Rube Goldberg uh, speculative nutritional uh, therapy. You know, so yeah. not, I mean, as you know, and you're a very responsible nutritionist, you're going to point out to some patients who come to see you that, you know, th- this mm-hmm. is not in the realm of nutrition. Um, yes. That, uh, you know, and I think your training also uh, has given you a sense of what your scope of practice is. You know, we, we don't have yes. a nutritional panacea for every problem. 
I mean, nutrition is great. And look, that is a person I would urge them to follow a superlative diet and take adequate supplementation. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I I can't say that uh, diet is or supplements are going to fix us. Nutrition is not the answer to everything. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, Kuniko. Thank you for your thoughtful question. Right. And, and I think that there'll be an answer for you in the conventional realm because they're beginning to come up with better therapies for that, that problem. Um, yeah. All right. Um, I got to say that um, I think our time has lapsed in terms of uh, answering questions, but uh, that's fortuitous because I think we pretty much emptied our mailbag. Uh, a reminder yeah. to listeners uh, the new destination for questions is questions at drhoffman.net. Uh, it's D-R-H-O-F-F-M-A-N. And you know how to spell questions. And you know how to spell net. So we're making it simple for you, a new way to get questions to us. And we hope to receive your questions next week. Thank you, Layla. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. And thank I thank everybody for listening. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to to being a collaborator in your healthcare.